Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. It's time for another edition of the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, uh, we, we're going to Mexico. We're heading back down there, uh, back to Mexico City. But before we do that, let's take a little peek back at last week, as we always do. Adam Scott uh, basically holds on to victory while everybody else just fell to the wayside on the uh, back nine la- yeah, on Sunday. And uh, the Riviera Country Club, beautiful. The aerial views inside, uh, you know, inside like the mansion row. And then you have this beautiful golf course. Awesome tournament. Really enjoyed it. Lots of firepower. What do we take from Riviera? Yeah, so I actually got to watch a ton of this. So I had had snow days Thursday, Friday, not much going on during the weekend. So I I watched a ton of this. Um, Well, you you know, I... Maybe do we overrate a little bit the break that golfers take, or do we have to play this as a per-person basis? Um, I could I could argue that maybe that's what happened to Rory on Sunday was a layoff, whereas it didn't bother Adam Scott. So I don't know. It's a it's valid thing to bring up, though, because I do kind of, uh, you know, I, I kind of do hem and haul with certain guys that take a break. Scotty played pretty well last year with a lot of layoffs, so it may be a person-to-person thing. I don't think I know that answer. Right, because, you know, like, yeah, as we said, Adam Scott was just, you know, hadn't played since, I think, the uh, President's Cup. And, and I think it was one, ultimately one of the reasons I used him is when I looked like this wasn't the first time. Like, he usually played somewhere else, but this wasn't the first time he had taken that long of a break. And whereas, you know, somebody like Molinari, apparently we really have to be conscious of the break, and maybe now we need to be conscious of, until he shows any sort of form. But, you know, it, it always is a concern, but... um. Yeah, so that was good to, you know, with that. Um, there's a few thoughts I have just from watching everything. One is, Dustin Johnson, he's close, but he's just, I don't know. Like, he actually was positive in all the strokes game categories, but, man, he just, you know, he used to be DJ on Sunday. I mean, he, ha- he had a chance, and just nothing, nothing happened for him, so... Yeah, I was, as a guy, I used Adam Scott in One and Done, as did a friend of mine. So we actually went and met at a bar and watched golf yesterday. It was pretty awesome. Um, and I also had Scott um, at the local sports book. So I was more worried about DJ than anybody else. But in the end, I probably should have been more worried of, like, Kuchar leaving balls just off the cup and Max Homa charging. But, yeah, you're right. Um, DJ, I do think he's close, though. Yeah, and he's coming to another one of his uh, favorite courses in uh, mm-hmm. in Mexico. The other the other thing, that kind of, you know, I think I think I'm at the point now that I can't take Paul Casey until I see him do something on a Sunday. Like, I like I can Paul understand Casey's that Sun- Paul Casey's Sundays are not good all of a sudden this year. Just the four I'm looking at right now, 75, 71, 81, 75. In fairness to the 75 yesterday, though, I mean, most guys that were contending, they went positive yesterday. Yeah. I mean, not everyone. Homa, you know, I mean, even Scott played even par yesterday, right? I mean, Kuchar went positive. So maybe not to the extent, you know, I think Kuchar went 72 versus – the uh, the the seventy five yeah Cooch was seventy two yesterday versus the seventy five Casey but I'm with you last week was concerning yeah but just at some point I I don't know like when there's a trend of this it's just like 
and he because he rates out so well statistically, he's up the you know his price is pretty fair, and it's just like, man, I just don't know what to do. So, I think for me, I might have to lay off until until something gets a little bit better. But but no, I mean, I think next year too. One thing I'm gonna have to look at is how do you know who are the best putters inside five feet? Because my gosh. I mean, they said that this is the toughest court, course to putt within five feet. And even three-putt avoidance, I mean, there were just so many three-putts. And, heck, even four-putts and five-putts. I mean, just that. I don't know if it's the POA. I don't know if it's just the slopes. But it was just, there were some bad, bad putting scores. And, you know, if it happens year after year here, I think maybe it's something we're really going to have to focus on. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I was not feeling great about Adam Scott with the putter in hand yesterday. But he, he well, made it happen. Do you ever feel great about Adam no, Scott? No, right? I mean, I've, one thing I heard about him last year, I, I wish I could remember who said it, was Adam Scott is great at leaving himself five to ten footers for birdie. Adam Scott is terrible at making five to ten footers for buddy, <laughs> yeah. birdie. It's like it would be almost be better if his iron game wasn't quite as good to leave himself longer putts that were less expected to make and free him up a little bit. But yesterday he did a fine job of it, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. is His, his ball striking is so elite that mm-hmm. – um, yeah, he just, he, can he make a five-foot putt? A uh, final thing I'm going to take away, and, you know, we, we talk about some of these guys who are due for a win, and I certainly think, like, the Morikawas, or he's already won, I'm sorry, like, Hovland will be, um, there's other guys that are trending towards a win. Harold Varner's going to get close. Like, we, we saw him yesterday, or throughout the week, like, he was in there, his back nine was just his ending, uh, once he kind of made that, was it bogey or double on 10? That was kind of it for him, but... Yeah, he sailed the green into that bunker. That was tough. Yeah. And he topped his three-wood. Like, he picked... To be fair, though, he picked the perfect hole to top a three-wood to still leave him 100-something out on that hole. But, yeah, he just made a mess. I thought he did a decent job scrambling from time to time, too, though. Like, you know, finding himself in a fairway bunker but still finding the green. Uh, you know, I thought, he, I thought he was scrappy yesterday, even though he, you know, didn't get it done. Right, but... He he puts himself in these positions every now and then that it's going to it's going to happen for him at some point. Um, for yeah, for for Varner and I I think most golf fans just are ready for him to win. He's such a likable guy, likable personality, and just you know I think he had a huge uh, he I think he was a thirty six hole leader last year at the John Deere and had an awful Saturday. So he keeps putting himself in contention every now and then. And, I realized he'd missed four straight cuts, but as I mentioned last week, he had missed those on the number, so it wasn't like he was playing terribly, and I just thought he was really cheaply priced. I wish I, I would, The one lineup I had him in, I think, had JT and, like, two other guys that missed a cut, so I was like, I didn't even benefit from that. But, but no, it was, fun, it was a fun... You know, if there's any week that I could... Non-major week that I'm going to be able to get to watch a bunch, Riviera was certainly it. But um, what a fun course, and I just... I just wish, you know, I don't know why, but I wish Sundays would play the same way as the other three days because I, I just don't get why yesterday played so tough compared to the first three rounds when weather wasn't any different. Green's got a little faster maybe, but I think probably some pin placement too. And, you know, the pressure, Sunday pressure is a real deal. Yeah, there were a couple of pins where it was like, are you kidding? It was like two or three. It was like it was front right. It was like barely on the, it was like right on the tier or something. It was like, Man, this is just a brutal pin. Like, yeah. Sometimes I feel like they, they get a little too cute with pins. I mean, heck, I see it in high school golf. There's a couple courses we go to where it's like, come on, these are high schoolers. What are you doing putting this pin here? And kids are six putting. Like, 
I just assume the greens keeper woke up on the wrong side of the bed those days. Yeah, or when, yeah, when you get to like the second or the third hole, and you're like, "All right, this guy just had a bad day, and he's taking it out on all of us." Right. I yeah. But enough <laughs> about enough about pin placements. It's just part. It's probably me bitter me because Sundays again just have been brutal for me. Where I've had good teams. Yesterday wasn't as bad as some of the other Sundays I've had, but man, just um, goes downhill from there. Yeah, I got lucky, broke even on DraftKings without a six of six, so I was uh, I was pretty happy about that. But uh, let's let's take it to Mexico. You ready to go? Yep. All right, we've got the WGC Mexico Championship. It's at uh, Club de Golf Chapultepec, and this is an interesting spot. I'm going to tell you, par 71, 7,345 yards. But what does that really mean where we're at? Yeah, so, again, I think this is, like, 7,200 uh, feet above sea level. So, yeah, even though it's 7,300, I think, I want to say it's something like a 10%, 10%, um, what's the word here? Uh, reduction Addition to distance. your distance? Right, okay. so it probably plays more like 6,700, which then, if we're talking about part 71, plays pretty short. So, distance isn't really the key here. I think this key here is being able to do the adjustments as far as the distance, knowing how far, um, you know, how much to adjust, how far, you know, you normally hit a wedge, how far is it going to travel in altitude? Um, same with all your other clubs. So I think you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of drivers here, a lot of three woods. Distance isn't as, I think distance actually is pretty big here, but again, you don't need to hit a ton. I don't think the rough is real Penal, so that's why you, you see, you know, basically bombs away. It's probably what we see like DJ and Phil win, just guys who can bomb the ball. But um, really the biggest thing I kind of noticed as I look at the stats of par four scoring, and I understand there's 11 of them, but that was kind of the big takeaway for me as far as the stats that I'm looking at, that that one kind of seemed to weigh in a little bit heavier than the others. Certainly approaches, greens, and regulation play a role into it, even putting a little bit, but... um. This is definitely one of the weeks you want to focus if birdies are better. You don't really want to have to worry about bogey avoidance. You know, this course can play a little tough. And, you know, when I looked at the course ranks, seeing how the fact that one year it played over par and even like another year is like barely under par, I, I think that's more just due to the bottom end of the field. Like you have, you have guys mm-hmm. from these different tours who, minor tours who are playing, who I just don't think are used to PGA Tour setups. So that's where I tend to think the scoring, the low scoring comes from. Yeah, and I'm probably with you because even in a very small field, so this is a no-cut event, I think there's 72 golfers in the field, yeah, I think is the number. Yeah, might be a change or two as far as additions, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. no-cut event, and I still, I don't think I can go past like 6,600, uh, you know, with the bottom of the field here, even even knowing that these guys have four rounds in them, um, just based on the talent of the field. There might be one person I would go for, but I don't, I, we'll get to that point later. But the point being, yeah, like I, you know, even as a no-cut event, like um, I, I, there are certain guys in this field that I think are hands-off because they just don't, they're, they're just not truly uh, equals to the rest of this field. Right, yeah, like we're going to get down there. Like, I mean, there was a couple, of, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, like, I've never heard of Zach Murray. And I was like, oh, real Ishikawa making a, appearance you know, mm-hmm. play well in japan but yeah there's just some of these guys some of these euro and asian tour maybe african tour or not african uh the sunshine tour i think it's south africa we're just i there's some gambles and there's a couple names i'm willing to gamble with down in that range but there's also some proven pga tour guys and 
proven Euro guys that I think you can go with. And I think that might also be one of the, one of the things, just as we you know construct lineups. I think the PGA Tour guys are going to be a little more popular because the stat models are going to you know incorporate them in. So some of these year some of these guys that mainly play in the Euro Tour might be a little discounted just because nobody knows or not many people know who they are and their stats aren't incorporated into like all the stat models. So that is something to kind of keep an eye on. Any. Anything pro or con to some of the Mexican players since, uh, you know, we've got a couple in the field and this is, the, you know, their championship? Yeah, I'm not factoring it in in any way, shape, okay. or form. Um, I mean, maybe they get a little extra bump in ownership just because of, pop, you know, the, the, that narrative, but I'm not factoring it in. Um, if you want to play somebody, because I, I actually think there's three uh, from Mexico in the field. I think it's Ortiz... Answer and I'm not sure who the other one is. Or maybe it's only two. Maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to make uh Sebastian. Am I trying to make Sebastian Munoz in that? Uh, he's Colombian, I believe. Okay, I think I was trying to make him an honorary uh, resident of Mexico for this tournament. But um, yeah. So I don't I don't mind Ortiz. I don't mind the answer. But again, I'm not going to go out of my way to play him just because they're from Mexico. Okay. Um, I know you mentioned the par four scoring and whatnot. Any uh any other things you're looking at statistically before we get into the field? Notice, again, mainly the approach to tee to green. I'm not worried about driving. I just want guys who can make birdies, who can hit greens, who are good at par fours. And I did I did have a question for you statistically, and maybe this is, again, overthinking it, uh, trying to be too much like Bryson, but if the ball travels further, any wayward shot is going to be in the air longer with a chance to go more wayward. Is fairways hit, like, uh, maybe more important? Because... A guy like Bubba who plays a banana ball, I mean, if he's if he's not finding the fairway and it's going an extra 50 yards or whatever, it's going to find further away from the fairway. Am I overthinking this way too much here? Yeah, I didn't see anything with driving. Like, okay. I would look at, like, driving accuracy and it didn't, real, it didn't pop for me. Um, okay. I just, you know, because I think even if, you know, for especially some of these longer hitters, even if you're wayward... I know there's trees, or if you're Phil, you just find a random water sprinkler in a bush, but um, <laughs> he did, he did, I think it's the first, second year, claimed there was a water sprinkler, somehow got relief from the bush because of the water sprinkler, like, that's not the most Phil story ever, I don't know what is, but um, yeah. Hopefully I, that'll be on Fireside someday. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I, I just, I didn't see anything as far as accuracy, and when I see the rough isn't real... You know, penal again. If Phil wins somewhere, I'm not really worried about driving accuracy. So, fair enough. That is a valid point. Um, well, all right, you ready to get into the field? Yeah. All right. It is a WGC, so um, this is certainly uh, a field for you know. As we go through the players, keep in mind if you're playing one and dones and lot and those those sort of things, there's a lot of uh, a lot of prize money on hand, and we see a pretty decent field here, even though it's a smaller group. You got to like the guys in the 10K plus. Let's go through them. It's Rory McIlroy at 11.5, Dustin Johnson at 11 even, Justin Thomas 10.8, John Rahm 10.6, Hideki Matsuyama rounds it out at 10K even. Skeeter of those five, who is your favorite play? I feel like this is just a repeat of last week as far as the top it's five. Close. It's close. Now, Hideki, not Tiger. Um, yeah, for me, it's just, it, I'm going to go back to the guy who actually burned, I think, a lot of people last week, and that's Justin Thomas. Um I think he lost two strokes putting, and he's traditionally not that bad of a putter. So 
and those things are going to happen. He just wasn't on his game, but he's he has a pretty good history here in his three events, ninth, second, fifth. I'm not going to let one bad week of putting kind of affect me here with with JT. He's still number one opportunities gain. He's second birdies are better. Tee to green approach, third in DraftKings scoring, fifth in par four. And again, I'm using 36 rounds as my reference because I just I don't know what to do recent versus long term form. But he rates out very well long term. The extreme short term, not really, but still rates up pretty well. He's also the cheapest of the first three. So at 10.8 for me, it's going to be JT. He burned me a little bit. Um, I used him in a handful of lineups last week. I had him in three out of my ten, so he burned me there. He's my favorite player in this tier, too. Um, he didn't make the cut. Guys miss cuts. It happens. You know what happened after he didn't make the cut at Sony? He finished third at Waste Management. All four rounds in the 60s. He's proven he can turn it right around. Before he missed that cut at Sony, and obviously he missed the cut this week at Genesis as well, first, fifth, 17th, first, fourth. I mean, it was it was what you expect from Justin Thomas um, so along with everything else you said, I'll just throw in there that, you know, he's my guy too, for a lot of the same reasons. If anything, he got a little break versus the rest of these guys. And he's, you know, he's a little bit more fresh. Slightly. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I mean, he's her I'm not really either. I'm just trying to gloss over the fact they didn't make the cut, but I he's still my favorite out of this group. So when I look, by the way, the three years of data and I realize, you know, there's not, everybody's played three years here. When let's look at all the categories as far as the strokes gain metrics for um, for Justin Thomas at Chapultepec, he's top ten in every single category, whether it's tee to green, ball striking, putting, DraftKings scoring. So he has, I mean, even around the green, which I don't really factor in much, he's third in that area. So he's able to scramble. He's, he 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 likes his course. Is able to do well. And you know, at ten eight, it is a slight discount, and we're probably getting the discount simply because he missed a cut last week. So if you don't go with Justin, who do you go as your other play in this tier? Uh, Rory and DJ, which should not be a shock. Rory just continues to be so consistently good that it's going to be hard to fade him. Um, Dustin, just again, we feel like he's close. Stats, you know, fourth in opportunities gain. That putter is a little bit of a concern, but, I mean, in the extreme short-term models, he still ranks okay. I'm going to rely on the course history, two wins, and a, and a, was it a seventh? So mm -hmm. he does pretty well at this course. So for me, it's Rory, DJ, and JT. I will go with Dustin slightly uh, ahead of the others there. And it's the price, but there is concern, but there's a reason you're getting him at a 10 instead of, you know, or 11 rather, instead of the 11.5 or even more. Yeah, this is interesting. Those are $500 gap from Rory, though, to DJ. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you're splitting hairs. I mean, if I had... If I had room, I could put Rory in there too. There's no question that uh, he is he you know he's the number one player in the world for a reason, right? Yep. If you have one of this group, you're gonna fade. There's only two choices left. Which one is it? It's Rom. Um, and I and I hate to do that, but not a great history here. He was third the first time he was here, but in 20th and 45th. Obviously, he's probably a slightly better player now. But my concern is when I look at the stats. Um. Really, he's been he lost strokes on approach at Genesis in this in this 2020 calendar year. His strokes gain or his strokes gain approach 1.1 1 .1 at the Tournament Champions, 0.3 at Farmers, four at Waste Management. So he was good there. But my other concern there is he's gained six plus strokes putting in two of his past three events, and even at Phoenix, the one he didn't gain six, he was still plus 2.3. Like he might be a really good putter, but 
when I'm seeing this drastic strokes gain putting, I'm not sure I want to pay all 10-4 for him. So for that reason alone, he's going to be my fade. We are very, very similar in this 10K tier, Skeeter, because he is my fade as well. Um, so y- you laid it out there on Rom. I mean, obviously, if Rom was 9,900, he'd probably be my favorite guy in the 9K. So I don't want to oversell the, you know, the fact that I'm he's my fade here, but he is. Um, we you didn't mention him. I'll ask you real quick. Hideki Matsuyama, if he were 9,900 instead of 10K, even 100 cheaper. I mean, he. I don't know about you. He would probably be my number one or number two in 9K, even though he's in the middle of the tier in the 10K plus for me. Um, I just, like, Hideki just kind of seems like he's there right now, like, 5th, 16th, 45th, 12th, yeah, that kind of feels about right, where he's kind of, like, top 10-ish, kind of, um, mm-hmm. I mean, birded 18 on Friday to make the cut, and he goes and shoots 64, 69 on the weekend, actually, I think he was in t- contention for a little while, but I, I, I don't know what to do with Hideki. I kind of want to see him in the mix and do something before I'm ready to go to him. Maybe the better weekend golf play because his past two uh, weekends have been pretty good. Yes, they have. Yeah. So just interested to see what you, your thoughts were him, uh, where they were at. So you ready to take it to the 9K tier? Yes, sir. Well, small field, pretty small 9K tier. Webb Simpson at 9,800. Adam Scott, 9,600. Xander Shawfleet, 94. Tommy Fleetwood, 92. Bryson DeChambeau, 9K even. I'm going to ask you your favorite play in this tier, but I will say very interesting that it starts with Webb and Adam Scott, two guys coming off wins, also two guys who didn't have good Thursdays before turning it on for three solid days of golf to win. So I don't know what that means, but I just kind of was thinking about it earlier. Um, not sure if that means anything, but Skeeter, out of these these guys, your favorite play in the 9K tier. I forgot Webb. I forgot Webb was okay on Thursday. Um, yeah, he was, he was even par, I think, and then turned it on to win at Waste Management. Okay. I'm not in love with this 9K tier. Like, I'm, like, I think you might be higher on it. But, um, you know, I do have some, you know, there's some guys that I just typically like to play. So I'm just going to go there. It's Tommy at 9,200. Um, second, 14th, 19th here. Even in, over in Europe. Um, second at Abu Dhabi, 11th at Dubai. And that was with, that was with 75 to start end the tournaments. But, yeah, he comes back. So... I could just always go with Tommy. I realize he's probably the Euro Tony Finau. Like he wins a little more than Tony, but you know we're waiting for the big one for him to come. He doesn't just always win. Uh, tenth in greens regulation, thirteenth in par four strokes gained, thirteenth tee to green. Those are kind of the you know some of the numbers I want. I like to look at. Um, hard to try to get a move on him because again he plays a lot of his golf over in over in Europe. But even though I look at par four scoring for him. Um, in the in the 2019 season on the Euro Tour, he was 19th of the whole whole tour. So I like that ability. 9200. I can always play Tommy at 9200. So in my two and done uh, league, where um, I was fortunate to have Adam Scott and unfortunate to have Kevin Na last week, I've already got Tommy uh, penciled in as one of my two picks. Okay. Tommy's my favorite in this tier oh, too. Jeez. Uh, we are. We are all over the same fellas right here. Uh, Tommy's a guy I love to play too. So much for the reasons you've said. Uh, this is this tournament. The last few years, I think, outside of the big guns like a Phil, a DJ, a Justin Thomas, it's been more European guys that have had success here, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I will take uh, I will take Tommy Fleetwood as well. He's my favorite player. Well, it's interesting. I guess I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, there's been. Like, 
I think Poulter was second here one of the years. Um, maybe I mean, Francesco's been good here. Yeah. Uh, Casey, RCB, Rory have all been good here. Sergio's Sergio. been good here. Tommy. Uh, even uh, your cover boy, uh, who we'll get to later, who, of course, I like, and you do too. So we'll probably have the favorite, uh, same favorite play in 7K once no, we get there. No, we won't. But... So he's not okay, my favorite. Okay. But um, I, I, need to, I need to change somebody on the picture. I can't use the same five golfers every week. Um, <laughs> you couldn't use DJ catching the ball again? No. No, I probably, <laughs> probably need to find some new pictures for that too. Um, I, I actually like that picture. I think it's a good action shot. But, uh, yeah, at any rate, yeah, Tommy's my guy in this tier too, man. This is interesting on the Euro take. But I wonder if it's because they're, I mean, I'm trying to think, are they just because they're more used to traveling, like distances or traveling to different countries and all that? And I, I, I alluded this on the article, with, which I don't, maybe it's more of a gut feeling, but the fact that, you know, there are some more high-altitude air tournaments that they play in over in Europe, maybe there's something with that? That, and maybe the fact that there's maybe a more Europeans, uh, Per, per capita in this field than normal, too, right? Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, we, you know, this might just be extreme over-analysis. That is very possible with me. I know that's for a fact. So, at any rate, we both like Tommy. If you're not going Tommy in the 9K, there's not a whole lot to choose from. Well, where else would you go? You know, um, before, before, we, um, before this move to Mexico, it was at uh, Trump Doral. Which, granted, was a different time frame, but I think I remember in 2016, because I think that was the last year there, Adam Scott went back-to-back, and the back-to-back, the second half, was Trump Doral, that WGC, which I forget what they called it. Um, So, you know, he's coming off the win. I mean, great He's technically coming off of a back-to-back, right, because of the Australian PGA was his last time out. Oh. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Good point. Yeah, but no, I'm just going to go back to Adam Scott. I'm second my model past 36 rounds, number one in approach, third tee to green, fourth in greens in regulation, fifth birdies are better at DraftKings, point six opportunity to gain. Uh, 17th par four strokes gain. He's actually slightly above average putting, which is amazing for Adam Scott. Hmm. Has he played here? Yeah, that was just the 45th in the first year. Like, I'm, if I play multiple lineups, I will use him if I... I play one or three. I don't know if I get there, but he'd be my second guy here at 9,600. Okay. I'm going to go with Xander. Um, he's had two good t- turns here. And I, this is, I think I weigh course history more than you in general. This is one where I will too, because obviously he made the change in uh, altitude, the change in distances work for him. The travel didn't bother him the last t- two times out here as well. And uh, I mean, he's world-class golfer. Decent enough the last two weeks out. I wish he'd have made the cut at Farmers, but guys miss cuts. We've talked about it before. So I'll take Xander Shoffley out of this group. Again, I'm fading the two at the top a little bit because they're both coming off wins, and they both don't have the best course history here, but it's splitting hairs again. I'm with you. I'm fading Webb. Uh, 37th, 39th. Just, he feels a tad overpriced. Like, I actually don't know why Hideki's higher than Weber Adam Scott. I, I really don't. But I will tell you this. I do believe, uh, you know, in the sports book that I go to, Webb was fifth in the uh, odds. He is ahead of Hideki. So he's 14 to 1, and Hideki's 16 to 1, as is Adam Scott at the book I go to. What's Hideki's history? Oh, Hideki. Maybe Hideki because of the two top 25s? Or, I, I don't know. And he's been playing decent. 
And I, you know, I mean, why? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Hideki gets the bump over Webb because between the history and, I don't know, maybe they see Webb coming off the win and think he's not going to win two in a row. Because he was struggling to get that win. You remember, he was a lot of seconds, but Webb wasn't getting that win. So, but it's also been a couple of weeks. I'm sure he's gotten over that celebration. Right. And, and, and this, by the way, this is, just goes back to my whole thing. Like, I think there's a clear cutoff from Rory and Rom and DJ and JT to this next year with Hideki, Webb, Scott, Xander, Fleetwood, and Bryson. I just, I don't know if I, you know, if I'm going to pay up for Webb, just I'll find 800 extra to go to Rom, or in my case, the extra grand to play JT. So maybe that's just playing a role into it too. Yeah, it's pricing for me because it's me. I'm fading Adam Scott. I mean, you would think, dude, riding high. I mean, granted, it was only a $5 wager, but cashing that 33 to 1 ticket, I haven't cashed it yet. I'll, I'll cash it when I make my next bets for next this week. But, uh, you know, I've got very good vibes when it comes to Adam Scott, but I'm fading him here. Um, I just don't want the history here. Two, I mean, he really had to grind to hold on to that win. It's not like he's not a pro athlete and can't sleep it off uh, and, and get, you know, three days, get back into it. But again, we're splitting hairs. He's a higher price guy. I do like Tommy and Xander in this tier, and there's only five guys. I don't think Adam Scott's a terrible play, but out of these five, I'm going to fade him. No, everything you said's fair. Um, no, Adam Scott will play this week, and probably, we probably won't see him again until API or the players. Perhaps. He's on. A, he's on the. He's on the Tiger Woods uh, type of schedule. Hey, it's working for him. Absolutely. And by the way. While we're talking about Adam Scott, and since a particular person's not in this field, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, especially here on the podcast. When, about halfway through his round yesterday, they gave the pro player profile on TV for Adam Scott, one of the best things they could say about you. <laughs> College teammate of Charlie Hoffman. Let me tell you, dude, I popped when I saw that. I was like, yeah. Not that Charlie was at the weekend, but at least his name was on the screen for a moment. Yes, fans share sports. We still found a way to mention Charlie Hoffman in an event that he's not in. So there you hey. go. Tag, tag that one, please. Watch watch the replay. It's not. I'm not making it up. That did I happen. know you're not, but... So, so, All right. Hold on, hold on. We are 30 minutes into this podcast, and somehow we have mentioned... We have both gone on our brand by somehow working in the John Deere Classic and Charlie Hoffman. I mean, Can you the if it's fun. It's only right. I mean, can you imagine if Charlie ever wins the John Deere Classic? You and I, you know, nobody's nobody's going to want to listen to the the British Open, the Open Championship podcast the week after because we'll spend twenty minutes reveling in both. There could quite possibly be like another Big Bang in the end of the universe if that happened. <laughs> At any rate, uh, let's take it to the AK, shall we? Yes. All right. These, I, I think, this is where me and you might finally find some opposition in the plays. We do and don't like. Well, uh, I mean, you've already told me who your favorite play is. You uh, it's not my play. favorite, but I like oh. him and I'll use him. But okay. uh, with a decent decent uh, group here. Louis Ustay is an 89. Matt Kuchar, 88. Paul Casey, 87. Sergio, 86. Colin Morikow, 85. Patty Reed, 84. Gary Woodland, 83. Bubba, 82. Mark Leishman, 81. Jordan Spieth, Matthew Fetz, Patrick, both at 8K. Skeeter Robinson, your favorite play of this 8K tier. Um, I... I don't know why he's so cheap. I mean, we're talking pretty good field here. The la I mean, we saw him two starts ago win a pretty good event. Granted, he was lights out with a putter that week, but 8,100 for Mark Leishman just feels way too cheap. 
I know his course history here is not spectacular. Um, what is it? It is 62nd and 37th, so I get it. That's not great, but it just, you know, 43rd last week. His approaches right now, are just, his, his irons are absolutely on fire. Um, he's gained at least 4.7 strokes in the past four events that we have shot track, shot tracker data on, on approach. His issues around the green, which I don't think you need to use here, and his putter, which, I mean, that, that comes and goes. I mean, he gains 8 at the Farmers, loses 2.7 Genesis before at Sony, so who knows, but he just feels like a little bit of a, too cheap for elite talent. At 8,100, he's kind, he kind of fits some of my builds too right now because I tend to think I'm going to go with Stars and Scrubs. I like Leishman. He won't be one of my top two in this range. I will use him, though, I bet you. I could see myself building primarily a few lineups that are primarily the AK, so four guys or maybe even five, depending on who they are out of this tier. So I, I like Leishman. He's not my favorite, but I definitely like him. I'm going to go uh, up to the top of the tier. Not all the way, but close to the top. Sergio Garcia at 86. Okay. Uh, he's playing good. Not great. You know, he 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 pretty much plotted along at Genesis, right? 70, 70, 71, 72, so yep. for a minus one. But he's made a lot of cuts here lately in the tournaments he's played. He has a phenomenal course history as well here. So give me Sergio Garcia right now. He's also one of the guys I am thinking about betting on this week. Yeah, so over 36 rounds, 15th to degree and 17th opportunities gained, 19th approach. And again, I do realize that some of those numbers are not fully accurate because we don't get the Euro Tour stats. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm i fine with Sergio. I don't think he's a guy I'm going to let this week, but I, I get it. If you do not use Leishman, or if you use Leishman but you use another guy in this tier as well, where else would you go? Um... Well, I want to say he won his tournament, too, at Elevation uh, in Reno. I th Re Reno has a little Elevation, don't they? Or am I completely off on that one? Okay, so I'm not 100% sure on that one, but I they might. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Google, Reno, Nevada, above sea level. This will be interesting. I was going to give you, like, watching a TV show answer, and then I was like, all yeah, right, that's okay, just so taking it way too far. 4,500 4, feet above sea level. Okay. And I believe this is where he won his first tournament, and the only tournament so far. And until he starts giving us a reason not to play him, I'm, Colin Morikawa, 8,500, just continues just to churn away top 20, top 25s. I mean, he's ultra-consistent right now, but he's also able to make birdies, like, He's making birdies. He's also making eagles. He had four eagle, or he had four eagles at Phoenix. He had two last week at Genesis. So the DraftKings scoring certainly bumps him up here a little bit. Even in this field, he's seventh tee to green, fourth in approach, seventh opportunity to gain, ninth in DraftKings points. I bet if I look at him, yeah, rolling models, he's top six in every single category. He's tenth if I look over a hundred rounds. So fifty rounds or shorter, he's top six in every single model. 8,500, I'm sure he will get some attention because he's fairly priced and his stats just bear it out, but I can, I might go right back to Morikawa. Yeah, I don't disagree with uh, with everything you said there. And, you know, short of uh, a back nine blow-up, he would have been one of those guys right behind Scotty uh, yesterday. So I will say my secondary play in this tier is a guy that I thought was a, was a Skeeter Robinson guy, but before the broadcast you said you were getting away from him. I'll stick with Paul Casey. I know it's been yeah. ugly on Sundays, but 16th, 12th, and 3rd, 
are his three results here at this tournament. And yeah, he shot a 75 yesterday, but he still ended up, you know, he's still making cuts. He still ended up tied for 37th with that 75. He opened up with a pair of 69s. I'm going to go with Paul Casey. The course history and uh, the price just kind of fits for me here. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just, I'm at the point, I think I just, I'm getting burned by him. Like, I need to see something from him on a Sunday or before I can just go back to him. But, I mean, everything else kind of makes sense. Yeah, I get you. So, if you, and by the way, Louis Oosthuizen was the other guy we were talking about. I have uh, him as my number He's my number three play in this tier. So, I know we're not going that deep, but I do like him as well. And uh, I, I understand why you may not. I look at him. I just, I never get Louis rights, and he's burned me before with some withdrawals, so. Maybe if I if I if I do go back to ten lineups, maybe I throw them in the one just just because I do like him. But I just Louis always a tough one for me. He's he's like a Scott Piercy to me, like somebody I just never get right. Is Louis the guy you fade in eight K, or is it somebody else? No, no. Maybe the other reason I just always worry about Louis in the North America. He's, he he struggles over here on this continent a little bit, but um. No, um, it's time to go back to uh, Jordan Spieth as a fade. Um, okay. Lost six shots with his irons. Just did not look comfortable at all, especially on Saturday with, with Tiger and that. Um, 8K is probably more of a fair price, but it just almost feels like the uh, what we saw two weeks ago at Pebble, of course he's traditionally played well on, was more of the aberration. Like He's just not there yet. Like It's coming, but it's just not fully there yet, and I don't know. I mean, he's got a 12th and a 14th back when he was playing well here, 54th last year. I just don't want anything to do with Spieth this week. Not my bottom guy, but he's near the bottom. I'm actually fading Matt Kuchar. Yeah, I thought about him too. Um, I wonder where ownership will be on him. Um, He's been playing pretty decent as of late, so it's not like I don't believe that he's a solid choice, but he's played the last three tournaments, so this will be four weeks in a row. Uh, Mexico... Loves Matt Kuchar, by the way. So <laughs> well, it'll be Mexico interesting. To see. Yeah, well, it's still Mexico, though. Um, it'll be uh, interesting to see if there's any ill will towards him there. Um, and I just kind of feel like at this point, 88's not a bad price, but it was last week when Kuchar was 78 or 79, whatever he was. I was like, heck yeah, all on board. But now he's kind of the price that you would expect to pay for him. He's by no means a guy I'm picking to win. So I'm not going to pay 8800 for him when I could pay 87 or 86 for the guys below. Yeah, um well, I just had a number up on Kucher too. Yeah, he does not rate out very well um in a in a long-term model, short-term maybe slightly better. Um ownership wise by the way, Kucher right now lowest owned of the 8k. Oh, okay. He's actually okay. tied with Speeth. Okay. Would you like to guess again, this is early Monday night fantasy national. Would you like to guess the highest projected owner in this 8k tier? Well, it's probably one of the two. I'm usually on the high-owned guys without even trying to be. Um, so, Casey or Garcia? Yep, both. <laughs> Figures. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, the, Louis, Louis is even like 12 and a half. Huh, that's, again, very early. That's a little surprising. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still a stud golfer. And he's played here three times now, so... He knows the lay of the land. He also has not withdrawn in any of these guaranteed paychecks. Well, this um, this could be something like two. Was it Daniel Berger? I want to say it was sixteen or seventeen at um, I think it was fire. I think it was sixteen because I think it was the Olympic year at Firestone. He goes, hits a tee shot, 
withdraws. So that way he got his $50,000 guaranteed. Check. I don't remember who it was, but I definitely don't remember having this discussion. I think it was Berger. Because I remember DFS Twitter was just up in arms. Shock. Uh, I, I, that's a good way to lose some fans, that's for sure. Well, DFS Golf Twitter also tends to be a little fickle at times. So. Well, that's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, well, anything else from AK before we take it down to the next tier? I don't have anything. All right, not going to go through them all, but it's 7K is a little smaller than normal with the reduced field. Um, not as many names as I normally write down. Maybe it's because it's a smaller field, but I'll start with you first. Um, I've kind of shown my hand a little bit, but I'll ask you first who your favorite play in this tier is. I have two guys starting 7K. Like, this is just rare. Like, usually we get to 7K, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's just so many players to – to go through, but I just, I don't know. There's just, I, I don't know. I just, as I go through it, there's just names. I just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, so my, my seven K guy, just because again, until he starts burning me, I, there's no reason to get off him. And he's 7,100. It's Scotty Scheffler. Like if you're going to give me four rounds of Scheffler, who by the way is fourth and birdies are better is seventh in DraftKings points over the past 36 rounds. Also eighth par four strokes gain and 12th tee to green. At that price, I'm sure he's going to get popular. I'm sure he's going to have some attention to him, but that's just way too cheap for me on Scotty Scheffler at 7,100 with his skill set. Uh, I like what you're saying there. Before we get out of this tier, I'll probably bring up the uh, concept of, you know, getting all four rounds guaranteed. But I'm going to go with your poster boy. I'm going to go with Terrell Hatton. Um, he's my other pick in my two and done. Uh, he's probably a guy I'll throw down at the casino on this week, too. Uh, good course history, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, ready to talk about form considering what we see here on DraftKings goes all the way back to October, but he's played well here. He's a world-class golfer and he's down in the seven K's at 7,400. It seems pretty cheap and I'm guaranteed those four rounds. Uh, I don't know. I like Tyrrell Hatton here. I think the only reason I'm kind of a little iffy on him is I thought I heard somewhere and I can't, I'm trying to see if I can find anything on it. He's coming off a... A wrist injury? Which certainly would make sense, considering the fact that we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen anything from him. Right, but I get, but I mean, he does like this tournament, and I, feel, I mean, he did win in the fall, so... 7,400, um... Anyway, he's already, he's already getting a lot of attention at early uh, ownership May, wise, right? I mean, it makes sense. Well, I mean, when everybody goes to my fancy fix and sees a picture of Terrell Hatton, I mean, that just immediately... It's on. I mean, that just immediately screams uh, high ownership, so... Um, and can we get him a new hat? Instead of Hilton, can it say Hatton? Say that again? Oh, and I shouldn't. It'd be better if I didn't. Okay. I, I said, can we get him a new hat? It'd be better if it said Hilt Hatton instead of Hilton. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. No, 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 I, no. Well, maybe it's because I'm around high school kids for a job, but uh, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> um, if you, uh, if you don't go with your boy Scotty Scheffler, where else are you going in this tier? You said you only got two stars. Well, well, yeah, I only have two stars. Hat was the other one, but I did find another one. Um, okay. 7900, Sun JM, um, what did he, did he miss the cut last week? On the number, my friend, uh, on the number. Another one, okay. Yeah, that's right. This is part of the brutal um, 35%, 6 of 6, like, you know, halfway through the second round, and all of a sudden drops down to 15%. 
Yes, because I was watching Friday afternoon like, oh, I've got this nice little lineup right here. All six guys are going to make the cut. Then Bubba gets the plus two and Sun Jam gets the plus two. That becomes a four of six that didn't even cash. Right. No, um, but, so, I mean, he hits some of the main categories I like here. 11th in birdies are better, 12th in DraftKings points, 8th in par 4 strokes gain. What does he rate out short, over some of the other models here? Yeah, much better longer-term model, so I guess that's a slight concern. But, again, four rounds of Sungjae, he does have good scoring ability. I certainly can take a chance. I'm at 7,900. Did lose 2.5 strokes on approach, but it was but had been a little bit better throughout. So, he's one that just doesn't do a ton great, but... He's one there's a win coming from. I certainly don't think it's this week, but I'm just going to keep writing. You know, I, I think 7900 is more than a fair price for him, considering I'm sure in a week or two we're going to get uh, prices of him in the nines for some of these weaker fields that we won't want to play him then. I'm going to go. So there's a few guys I like in this tier. Um, and I'm going to go, I guess, my number two. I'll just take a stand. We'll go Shane Lowry. He's top 20 in the world. He's played pretty decent. There's a few other guys I like in this tier as well. But give me some Shane Lowry. I mean, the guy is obviously at the peak of his game. He didn't fare great here last year. I'll hope that he'll make some adjustments to get there. But we're talking about a top 20 player in the world, and he's 7,900. Give me Shane Lowry. He seems – I know world golf ranking isn't the end-all, be-all. I mean, because we're going to talk about Molinari before we get out of the 7Ks. Don't worry. So I know it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a great player. And he's had some good rounds of golf here lately. Give me Shane Lowry at 78. Uh, 2019 on the Euro Tour, he was 16th in par 4 scoring. So, that I mean, that does make sense uh, with him. As far as a fade, um, I think for me it's Cam Smith. Like, ever since he won, 64th at Farmers, two missed cuts, and they were kind of ugly missed cuts, like plus 6 at Phoenix, plus 4 at Genesis, and... Cameron Smith tends to be a little bit of a streaky golfer, so I'm just not really wanting to go there. Um, so he's my fade. I'll use him. Um, I'm going, you know, one, I mean, I declared my fandom of him a, a month or so ago after President's Cup. And, gosh, 77 seems cheap. He's, uh, he's somebody I'll use. He's not my favorite, but he's somebody I'll use. Um, I do want to ask you, well, first of all, I, I'm surprised you're an RCB guy. You didn't throw him out there. Yeah, what, what? There's something I didn't like about him. What? What did I not like about RCB? Um, good, good course history, playing decent. Seventy, uh, seventy six hundred. He's been hot and cold, I guess you should say. Played maybe decent, decent was, last or Maybe it was something he just maybe he's getting too many. Uh, of course, it's not loading for me right now. Not just not gaining enough strokes um, on approach. But there was okay. some, there was something like because I looked at him too, like hmm, decent history. Doesn't rate out very well in my stat models. Let's see. What, yeah. He's missed two two of the last four cuts, so I mean he hasn't been great, great. Yeah, maybe just a little too I don't know, just doesn't score as much as I'd like to at this point. So Okay. I looked at him, but yeah, he, he is traditionally somebody I, I can go with, but um I wanna ask you I'm gonna ask you about two guys. I wanna start with Victor Perez. Truth be told, I don't know a lot about him. But he's got a decent little set of stats. Where did he sit in the uh, world golf rankings, too? He was, uh, I don't know, I'm missing. He's 38th in the world. Again, this is a guy playing. Uh-oh. You there, James? 
Oh, a little technical difficulties, but I think we are all back together again. Uh, Skeeter, I was asking you about one Victor Perez. So uh, plays in the European Tour. The last we saw him on the PGA Tour was back at the last WGC at the end of October. I don't know anything about this guy, but I see him, you know, at 38th in the world, has uh, played decent lately. Can you give me any insight on him as somebody I should think about or not? I mean, there's no registered stats um, on uh, on Fantasy National, so I don't know a ton about him. I'm okay. trying to think what he won. He, he I think he, he won something, I think, recently. Of what shows he was T2 at Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. Okay, he won at Alfred Dunhill. Okay. Which is a pretty pretty good event over there. Um, So, I have the Euro Tour uh, par 4 scoring stats up from 2019. He ranked 26th in that, so... That's, you know, not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know a ton about him. Um, I'm sure when I listen to a couple other podcasts, I know there's some guys who are really big Euro guys there, they'll make, and I know they've kind of been on him a little bit, so I'll be curious to see what they see. But, yeah, I don't know enough about him to be able to tell you um, anything. Okay, that's fair. And I will ask you about one other guy before I tell you my fade. i got to ask you about Francesco Molinari. He's playing terrible right now. But he's got a great course history, and he's going to get all four rounds. I'm playing ten lineups. I'm putting one with Frankie in there, knowing I'm getting all four rounds. Am I foolish here? I mean, I know he's playing terrible, but he's got three top twenty fives the last three years here. Didn't we? Didn't you swear him off after farm? Was it Farmers of the American Express? And I yeah. And I go, like, I'm not playing him until I see him, until he goes there before I go. Until he's seventy two hundred at Mexico. I by the way, I played him in one of my ten lineups yeah, last I week. Too. <laughs> I, too. I, I that might have been a five or six lineup too. That he was my missed. Oh, that was great. Um, no, it just the problem. Actually, the problem the past two weeks is the fact that he, he he's losing strokes putting at the Farmers and the Genesis. Um, great, he's losing strokes every in every aspect of the game, which is concerned, but most of it has been coming from putting. So. I get it, course history, um, and, and talent 7K obviously is there. I, I just, I can't do it until I see any sort of form. So I think you and I flip-flop because I think I was the one who was like, oh, I'll play my 7K in Mexico. Oh, by the way, and I also have a friend uh, who's now on the same boat. He texted me this week about it on Friday, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. He's just, he's not there anymore. I, like, I'm not overplaying him like I had been but I'm probably going to play him in one lineup. I'm fading my dude right at the bottom, Jason Kokrak. I loved him last what? year. How? Oh, I mean, man. no course history. So I worry about a guy making the adjustments to this elevation and a guy who's missed three of the last four cuts. Yeah, I'll fade my guy, Kokrak. I looked at him, but yeah, I'm with you. I just couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger. Just, you know, outside of Charlie Hoffman, you got to know how to, you got to know when to get off of a player. Oh, boy. So, ah, uh, shall we go to the 6Ks? Yes. Interesting uh, tier here, as we talked about at the top of the broadcast, you're dealing with some players that, quite frankly, just don't match the caliber of golfer that's, you know, even in the mid-7Ks and, and such. So I think there's a there's definitely a point of diminishing returns where I'm going to stop. But I think there's some players to use here. I'll ask you first, though, in this very small, t- uh, you know, field at 6K, anybody in there that stands out to you? Well, I mean, I used Justin Thomas and he burned me last week, so I must just continue. Um, what, where is he at? He is 6,600. Give me some EVR, Eric Van Royen. Um, 
Over 34, he has 34 registered rounds, but in this field, 9th in birdies are better, 12th in DraftKings points, 18th par 4 strokes gained. Uh, pretty good in the other categories. Putting tends to be slightly below average. He had been playing well, but if you're going to give me four rounds for Van Royen, who has scoring ability at 6,600, I'm going to take a chance on him. Where's he rates over the, uh, let's see, um, much better longer term than extreme short term, so... He has some long-term form, at least stat-wise, against this field. And I think he was like 36 here last year, so he's at least played here once. I like I liked somebody who who played okay in their first appearance here and has the scoring stats I want. So at 6,600, I think EVR is my favorite player here. Is he the cutoff no, in this not, tier? not for me. Oh, you'll go deeper. I think he might be my cutoff. There was one guy I was looking at below, but uh, it was close to my cutoff. I'm actually going to stay at the same price range. I like Carlos Ortiz. Yeah, I haven't started to. Making cuts. He's 6,600. Now, I understand it's a no-cut event, but if you're making cuts, you're playing good. 26, 25th in the Genesis and Waste Management his last two times out in some good fields. I don't know if this means a whole hill of beans, but the last time they did it in Mexico was Mayakoba in, in, uh, in November, and he finished tied for second. I don't know if that means a whole hill of beans, but he is a he is a Mexican playing in the Mexico Open. Give me some Carlos Ortiz. I played Shane Lowry at the Open. The narrative of the home country guy worked for me there. Uh, I'll try it again here. Outside of opportunities gained, he actually does rates top half the field in every other category. Nothing great, but I know, but you know, he has been consistent. Has been playing well. And I think he's the early leader, by the way, for highest own in this range. So I mean, Jamie. that's the only slight knock on him. But no. I think 6600 is more than a fair price on him. Okay, if you don't go with your boy EVR, if you do, but you're really going stars and scrubs, who else are you going with in 6K? Well, I mean, I, I have, you know, it's funny. You and I have our guys that we tend to play a lot, and and you immediately, I, I don't even remember how much I've talked about this guy, but you knew that he was one of my guys. Um, I used to like him a lot, too. I, I really felt like he was destined for a major at one point, but I, that may be past. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think if he if he makes it to Augusta, I think I mean that's the one he's gonna win because he's played very well there. But um yeah, uh it's Lee Westwood at sixty nine hundred. I get it. He has not been great ever since um his win at Abu Dhabi. He was bad at Dubai, he was bad at the Saudi. Has he played here before? Yeah. Thirty third, twenty eighth. This probably is more of just me just playing Lee Westwood because anytime he's in a field I have to play Lee Westwood. I don't know why. But twenty fifth in par four scoring last year on the Euro Tour in 2019, so I don't take a chance with some back form in class here with Westwood at 29 at 6900. He's a name I wrote down. I'll I'll have a Lee Westwood share too. I mean, um, you know, we saw one of the great ball strikers do it yesterday and last week at Genesis. He's and Adam Scott. Lee Westwood is is one of those great ball strikers too. Not sure that there's any correlation, but I do uh, I do enjoy watching him play. Um, there's a few guys I could go to. I'll say my other play because Westwood was certainly on the short list. I might go back to Lanto Griffin. It's uh, he he hit a bad spot, but the last two times out haven't been terrible. Ninth and thirty seventh after missing a couple of cuts, he was hot before that for a minute. Hopefully, I catch him while he's still riding a hot streak. But it's sixty seven hundred, and again, not going to miss the cut. Uh, so I'll take a little chance here. I'll take some Lanto Griffin. Yeah, he didn't pop for me, but again, he he has kind of had that hit or miss ability, so. I don't mind it. Um, let's see if we can pull anything up on him stat-wise. So I was, I was looking for some other deep, 
some deep narrative plays. Um, That's all right. We like those. Seventh and putting, yeah. Decent, decent birdies are better DraftKings points. Uh, Green's regulation are a little bit of a concern with him, but if he finds a green, he he, he, he can certainly make a putt. Anybody else in this range? Your boy Jazz didn't get mentioned yet. Uh, Who's 39th in the world? No, no, Jazz is my boy. Like I like, we just, I like okay. the name. We just Jazz. like the name. That's probably where it's all. I mean, comes I'm more of a curious guy if we're going to go with Thai golfers. Like, well, fair enough. I, I, mean, uh, I, I don't really think I can speak Jazz's last name, but you know, Jazz. Yeah, what is the better first name by the way, Jazz or Kurdish? Oh, I'll go with the latter. Jazz is is cool, but. Give me, give me, give me multiple syllables. Yeah, give me. There Kyrgyz. you go. Actually, there you go. Go play your double. Play, play, play your betting double. Jazz at Mexico and Kyrgyz over at Puerto Rico. Okay, I might. Actually, my friend who's in a one and done has to pick Puerto Rico this week too in, in his league. He has to pick both. I think Hovland's the favorite there. But, um, uh, he said he was going Rory and Hovland is what he told me earlier today. So <laughs> yeah, I told right. him Hovland's never a bad pick, especially in an off field. No, no. Actually, there's some names over there. Um. Sebastian Munoz, who I tried to adopt as a Mexico as a Mexican golfer, who's really from Colombia, uh, fifth opportunity gain, fifteenth birdies are better, fourteenth putting, twentieth tee green, hits all the he kind of hits the categories I want, uh, slightly above average par four strokes gain. I can go there, and if uh, and this is just a complete and utter flyer, but um, let me find his form. He because this is my guy underneath. This is my guy below sixty six hundred. So far this year on a Euro tour. Miscut at Abu Dhabi, probably had to be close to the number. 30th at Dubai, 27th at Saudi. He was second in the Honda Vic Open. I'm sure it's not the strongest of fields. The guy can bomb it. Um, made three eagles at the, at the Honda Vic Open, I guess. 6,400, Ryan Fox. He's kind of like a flyer from down here. I can get behind it. I was uh, Justin Harding was the one name I was looking at below. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I probably won't go there at 62, but it's dirt cheap, decent player, um, and you're, you know, again, you're getting all four rounds guaranteed. Yeah. By the way, if you want narrative play, um, Lucas Herbert, Scott Hend, and Zach Murray, by the way, are the Aussies in this field who have not won yet on the PGA Tour this year, since every other Aussie feels like they've won. <laughs> really, Leishman and Scotty have both won right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, if Jason Day was in the field, he'd be an auto lock for me just for that narrative. But um, if you if you want to play the the Aussie, uh, an Aussie who hasn't yet to win on tour this year, on the PGA Tour. I don't know if they've won overseas or not. Uh, Lucas Airbear, Scott Hen, Zach Murray fit your mold. I looked at Zach Murray like, who the heck is this guy? And I couldn't find anything on him. So, any uh, anybody else worth taking a peek at? Is have we have we hit them all here in six K? I mean, I feel like I've mentioned more six K guys this week than I usually do. So, yeah. I'm going to be content on mine. Anybody else for you? Nah, we didn't mention Brennan Todd. I didn't know if uh, getting, again, four guaranteed rounds. I know he's definitely not playing the way he was when he was, you know, late October, early November last year. Uh, but he did win the last time we were in Mexico. Yeah, but that's more of a coastal course this week. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's a much different animal. I, I mean, if you don't like Kuchar, I don't know. Then I don't think you like Brennan Todd because they seem to be more, more coastal type of guys. Okay. Fair enough. Just uh, just a name that I, you know, I mean, I know he's already won twice this uh, this season, so just figured I'd take a peek at him. Um, is there anyone in particular you're absolutely fading? Because I know it's usually just a goof here, but I'll tell you my fade. It's the guy who's dressed like a Star Trek extra. It's Jorge Campillo. Anytime he's in the field, I just love to click on his picture and laugh at it, though. Um, for me, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna fade Zach Murray. I'm gonna fade I'm gonna fade an Aussie. So. Um... 
Well, that is bold. So I know. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk a little one and done. I guess um, you know. Again, this is without. I did not look, but I would have to. Uh, I would have to assume that outside of TPC Sawgrass and the four majors, this has got to be as high paying uh, you know tournament as there is, right? Yeah, these WGCs pay well. So whether That's... it's this one or the match play or um, what's oh, what's the other one? Uh, Saint Jude. Yeah, they will yeah. pay well. So I mean, it's it makes sense unless you're. You know, outside of the guys you're maybe thinking about saving for a major, you know, if you don't think you're going to use Dustin at a major or for whatever reason you don't think you're going to use Rory at a major, go ahead and use him this week, right? Yeah, um, I think there's a, there is a strategy here. Like, if you want to go somewhat bold, I mean, you're guaranteed money, but, yeah, I think you want to find somebody who you definitely think could win. So, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to win, but, you know, this is not the week to, oh, hey, I like Lee Westwood. I'm going to use him it's just because I'm going to get guaranteed money. I mean, yes, you are, but you're going to lose out compared to the field. Like, you, you're going to want somebody probably top five range yeah. at least. Okay. And, and that's where I'm at in my thought process. Because the league I play in is a two and done, I'm actually saving the guys that are top five. I'm saving them all for majors. So I'm, I'm using Tommy Fleetwood as my high-end golfer here. Um Right now, I've got Fleetwood and Hatton, and we'll see if that changes. But that's what I'm looking at it very early on. So. Yeah, I want to dig a little more into Hatton. Like that, that's a name that if I have confidence that he's okay, that would be, that would be an interesting name to take. Um, okay. Uh, besides that, I mean, DJ obviously makes a ton of sense on this course. Um, I don't know if I – Leishman was the one that kind of popped in my mind. Like, maybe this is a – chance time to take a chance on him but i believe that leishman will play better than his course history his course history has me a little bit uh apprehensive about using him though the 37 62 so i believe that i mean i'm a mark leishman fan i think we've talked about the fact that he cuts his own grass owns his own equipment and so i'm a fan of his for reasons that have nothing to do with golf but i want him to do well is that why you're a fan of louis as well uh i I almost became a fan of Louie just to spite you, I think. <laughs> Don't be hurt by that. That's fair. That's um, fair. Uh, no, so, but, so I, I kind of like Leishman. I think maybe he's an under-the-radar guy in, in DraftKings, given the fact that the course history isn't there. I don't know if I would use him in the one-and-done, though. I mean, do you see him going from 37, 62 to top five? I don't know if I... I don't know if I see that. I mean, you want farmers, but granted, that was very putting reliance. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, if I don't go DJ or JT, who I actually do like JT the best here, like maybe this is, I don't know. But I would also say, like, especially if I'm only picking one, I'm not going any further down the board than Leishman. If I get, I mean, my, my problem too is I'm so far behind right now on one and done. Like, I think I have like 700,000 and. The leaders at Guffs are like three, three and a half, four million. Those are like great. So, so I don't, know, I don't know if I'm almost forced to start burning some of these big names just to try to catch up or not. Yeah, and that's all like uh, individual strategy and where you're at and things. I'm, I'm still of the mindset, uh, you know, use studs, and and just try and try and stay, try try and stay at the top rather than getting cute, but. It's all, uh, you know, it's all uh, a matter of where you're at too. So I'm, you know, I'm only three weeks into my one and done, 
currently on the second place. So I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm in a different mindset, I guess, than you. Right. Oh, and by the way, I do remember this from last year because I had a Rory in one and done. He finished second, mm-hmm. five shots behind DJ, and then Rory's five shots clear a third. Yep. Uh, second place does play over a million dollars in this. So this is, yeah, this is one you might want to go big time on. Yeah, I think so. I think so because it's it's guaranteed money. And it, it, one thing I do say, because when I talk about saving the Rorys, the Rums, the JTs, and whatnot, there's no guarantee that one of them doesn't get hurt, and then you never got to use them. So it's there's a fine line between being smart and saving the guys and and being too cute. Right. It's not like that we've seen. I mean, yes, I know Brooks is one and Tiger, but we've seen some names kind of pop up before. Like Gary Woodland was not be elite. He won the U.S. Open. Shane Lowry at the open at the British. Um, like you don't have to use big names. You can use second tier golfers at some of these majors, like ones that are playing well on the verge. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have like your Roses, your Sergios. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little too deep, but yeah. Um, I pr- I probably I'm probably talking myself into DJ or, or <laughs> Thomas just because I'm so far behind. I gotta use one at some point. Yeah, so anyway, I think that's uh, good food for thought. And, you know, remember, it's still February. We've got a lot of golf ahead of us. And and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm pretty excited right now because we're getting, uh, you know, I mean, we're like a month away from uh, the players and less than two months away from the Masters, man. So this is this is, uh, this is is like peak golf season for us. Yeah, and I, and I think I've, I think in Illinois they came out today saying that they think that sports betting will be ready for the for March Madness. Which, fine with me, I, I'm not really an individual game, but for more importantly for me, I think that means it's ready, it'll be ready in time for the Masters. Well, I mean, I'm here to tell you, my man, I didn't have any designs on this becoming a thing, but when I went out to make a Super Bowl bet, now that you know sports gambling is legal in Indiana, I made some golf bets, I profited, so I went back out and made some bets at Pebble Beach, I profited again, I went back out and made some bets for Genesis, and well, I had Adam Scott at 33-1, to 1, so... Uh, you rest assured, I'll be, uh, I'm going to say it now before it's too late because I am ahead of the book right now. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I'll be going, going back out to make some bets this week again too. So I'm, I'm all about it. You need to tweet out your card by the way. And I'll, I'll, I'll start including that on the Wednesday update. If if, if you don't mind. As soon as I do that is when I start having terrible luck, but I'd be more, but, but I will be more than happy to, I don't know if I'll go out there Tuesday or Wednesday. If you don't want to, that's fine. I don't believe in superstitions, dude. Um, I'm a okay with throwing them out there. Uh, so yeah, I'll do that. I'll send you. I'll send you my picks after after I'm, I make them at the uh, the sports book, and we'll go from there. By the way, I guess, I guess after last week, by the way, I guess I do now have half of a bastard's bet. Yes, you. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you remember, if you listened last week, James and I were highly contesting the Bubba versus Brooks debate, and we actually. Uh, Decided on James's uh, ten dollar bet that the winner would, you know, if if I won, I, I would get to split half of it. If if I lost, that uh, I would send him ten bucks. We split half of it. So, um, thank you, Bubba, for missing that putt on on your seventeenth hole on Friday to miss the cut by one. And Brooks, even though he wasn't terribly great, did, does outscore him because he got to play the weekend. So he was there. Yep. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, my mother asked me to make a bet on Bubba for her as well. So I had him. I had him in my six plus one because the plus one is always Charles Charlie Charlie Hoffman. So I actually had to bet Bubba twice, one for her and one for me. So so are you are you single handedly then saying that you're affecting Bubba's odds at the uh, Indiana casino because you just keep pointing bets on him? <laughs> Perhaps because I've got him as a guy I might play this week. I I probably won't, but he's he's 
I usually show up to the casino with about 15 names in mind and pair it down to six. Maybe it's 10 names, pair it down to six. Uh, so he's in that larger group. I bet he's not this week, but I've already, you know, I've already, uh, affected them, I guess. Wait, wait, I, I like how you do it. Like, you, I mean, yes, you're trying to make money, but I think for you, it's more entertainment. The ears take, oh, yeah. take a scattershot approach, throw some top sixes in there. Like, yeah, everybody I bet, I bet the top six as well. And I try not to go inside 20 to one. So like the, at the book where I go, the, uh, the, um, Hollywood casino in Indiana, in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Like Rory's five and a half to one, Dustin's seven and a half to one, Rom and JT are both nine to one. I, I, I mean, I agree that those are the best plays, but I'm not even playing guys that high end. If it, if those guys win, then I just hope I get a top six somewhere else. Well, or or what you do if you really like one of those guys is just forget the top six, just play, just you know, yeah. put put your you know instead of half and half, just put the full load on one of those golfers. That's a possibility as well. Yeah, I think I think Tommy at twenty to one is my starting point this week. That's so. not a bad starting point. Well, 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 hopefully we're talking about his win next week or somebody lower down on the board with Tommy top six. And, but at any rate, we'll get to that point. So anything, uh, anything left this week for WGC uh, Mexico championship? I don't think I have anything again. Um, in this central time zone. So, you know, really we, we won't see any, it might be a slight change in times just because we've gotten so close, so much to the West coast, but, um, but I think yeah, I mean, like next week will be when they're at Honda. That'll be a very early uh, wake up call for the for lineup lock. So just kind of get get ready for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as we uh, we we bid adieu to the California swing. Yeah, and now we're up to the Florida swing and working working our way back east. Yes, sir. So, well, I uh, I guess we'll put a wrap on it. Appreciate everybody uh, checking in, listening. Hopefully you all do well in golf again this week. It's a WGC, so it's uh, it's been a, a great tournament the last couple of years. Last year was kind of a, uh, just a celebration victory lap on Sunday. Hopefully it's a little tighter this week, but hopefully it works out for everybody. So thank you for listening. He's Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. You've been listening to the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. <laughs>